Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Beyond the Body. I'm your host, Christina Slater, and today we're joined by Brittany Burgess. Hey guys, what's up? And today we're going to be talking about why the scale going up does not necessarily mean you gained fat. Because I think a lot of us are really quick to judge ourselves when we step on the scale and we see a number that's a higher number than what we want to see. And usually we jump to the assumption that we gained weight. And that perspective can be super destructive for so many reasons, but especially when it comes to staying on track with your fitness journey, not getting discouraged and avoiding things like self-sabotage. Because as we're going to get into today, the scale and the number on the scale does not reflect or determine your progress in fitness or your progress in weight loss. Because again, the scale only just measures a number. It doesn't actually measure your body fat percentage. It doesn't actually measure how much muscle mass you have. It really is just a number. And that number is encompassed by so many things besides just whether you're gaining or losing fat. Exactly. And it can be super, super frustrating because like, I know I've been there. I'm sure, you know, of course you've been there. We've all been there. We're we are working our ass off. We're, you know, we're following a nutrition plan. We're working, you know, we're working out at the gym. We're freaking killing it. And then you wake up in the morning and the scale either hasn't moved or it, you know, it's gone up and it can be so frustrating. And it almost just makes you want to throw in the towel and be like, why am I even doing this? Like, why am I working so hard? And the freaking scale is going up. You just have to remember that number like Christina said, on the scale is not the full picture of where you are in your health journey. It is just one single component. Correct. And it's it can fuck with your mind. It totally can. Oh, but yeah. we hope to today really provide you guys with some like different tools and perspectives when it comes to what the scale is showing you. Because I know we, me and Brittany talk about this a lot, but the scale doesn't determine your worth. And I know it's kind of been ingrained in us that like the scale going up is bad and the scale going down is good. But there are so, so, so many variables that affect whether that happens or not, besides the fact of you gaining weight or losing weight or determining whether you've been working hard. Because I think that's the kicker for a lot of us is we work so hard and we feel like we're doing everything right. And then we get on the scale and it doesn't say what we want it to. And then we go, well, fuck everything. Or like, why do I work yeah. so hard for no result? And it's not no results because the scale doesn't determine your success. And the scale can be just become like, and we've seen it before. And I've gone through it myself where it becomes a friggin' obsession. Like you obsess over it. Like not only are you weighing yourself in the morning, you're weighing yourself in, you know, midday, and then you're weighing yourself before you go to bed. Like 
it's just been driven into us that the scale is like the only way to measure our progress. But there are so, so, so many different ways to measure our progress. And then like we're going to talk about today, so many reasons why the number on the scale, you know, might have went up or is fluctuating throughout the week. Yeah. And to build on that, we're not telling you this to make you feel good. We're telling you this because it's the truth. The scale doesn't determine your progress. (laughs) No, um, it doesn't. Because we tell you things that probably don't make you feel good sometimes. And we tell you it because it's the truth. So let's, I guess, get into the, um, the reasons. So first off, though, there is a big difference between weight loss and fat loss. And I think that's a a really important thing to touch on quickly because you can lose weight on the scale and have a higher body fat percentage. You can also have a lower body fat percentage and a higher number on the scale. So it depends. I don't want to say it depends on your goal, but a lot of people think their goal is to lose weight when really Mm -hmm. their goal should be to lose fat because yeah, losing weight is quite easy. Just stop eating. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be a a great outcome, but you will lose weight. No. And like, that's, I think the misconception too, of a lot of people that, you know, that haven't started their fitness journeys or are struggling with that is, you know, they really don't know that difference between weight loss and versus fat loss. Cause I know when I was a beginner before, even like years and years ago, I definitely didn't know that. Like I just wanted to lose weight. (laughs) So as you guys have probably experienced, whether you are aware of it or not, if you do a really hard day of training or you train legs, like you train a big muscle group, you will usually see an increase in the number of on the scale the next day. So when you have that increase in like glycogen and water uptake for muscle repair, like when you've trained those big muscles, like your legs, again, you're going to see that reflected on the number on the scale. And I feel like this is like really big for obviously for everybody, but it's really big for if you are new to weight training and heavy lifting, you know, that heavy workout strength training can, you know, cause temporary weight gain of at least like even three to four pounds. Like I've even experienced three to four pounds and it's that water retention due to, um, our muscles being like just inflamed, right? Like you're working them, you're freaking tearing them. Like, what do you expect? Right. Um, they're causing those micro tears to our muscle fibers. And then, you know, we have to then heal those tears. So that's requiring to hold on to water. So of course we're going to hold on to that. Yeah, it's essentially inflammation. So there's obviously like bad inflammation and then there's kind of like good inflammation. So that would be the good kind of inflammation. And that's why too, like we never tell our clients to take like Advil or Tylenol when they have muscle pain, like delayed onset muscle soreness, because like they're taking away that inflammation that is supposed to be there to help the muscle grow, right? So there are natural anti-inflammatories that you can take to kind of like help with that if it's a big issue for you. But again, like you shouldn't be excruciatingly sore after your workout. <laughs> Maybe like the first week you train with us, you will be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but like, I am. I do it still get away. sore. Do you still get sore after your workouts? Like, I definitely do. I definitely do, especially if I'm switching up like my program and it's like a first week of like new stuff that I haven't been doing. Like my muscles aren't used to it, right? So you're putting them through the ringer. So yeah, I do still get sore for sure. But it's nothing where I'm like. Like I can't freaking like walk. <laughs> right. Same. Like, so, yeah, I should say my leg days, I usually can't walk. But I guess the main point is if you're not excruciatingly sore after your workout, it doesn't mean that that was a bad workout. 
Exactly. No, for sure. Because your ability to recover is also very, very important. And if you're so sore after every workout that you like can't move, you're not going to be able to come into your next workout and like perform at full capacity. Exactly. So yeah, that's one that a lot of people don't know is like the bigger muscle groups that you train and or the harder that you train, um, it will affect the the number on the scale. And again, that is nothing at all to do with gaining fat. Nope, absolutely nothing. Number three for the ladies is <laughs> when you're on your period, the scale number will almost always go up. Oh my God, always. <laughs> well, for me, for sure. <laughs> I stay actually... I try and not weigh myself at all, but definitely when I know for me is when I'm ovulating. So before, and then when I'm on my period and even the week after, so like the very end of my cycle, almost just because of that drop in our hormones, our bodies are going to have that rebound effect. And then we're again, going to hold on to even more water during this time of the month. So for me, everyone's obviously different, but for me, I feel like it's like a solid three weeks that my body is going through all this shit. So Brittany weighs a lot all the time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, what the hell? The month. <laughs> like, seriously, I have like, I feel like I have like one good week of the month. Like, uh, truly, it's so frustrating. That's brutal. <laughs> I don't, I'm glad that's not like me because my period lasts like two days. <laughs> oh my God, no. Like, my worst is actually when I'm ovulating. It's freaking crazy. Like, I stay away from the scale. Like, I, like, I know, I know my body and I know what's happening. So yeah, for me, I feel like I do have like a solid week where I like, I feel pretty decent. <laughs> that is pretty Which is sad. I know. But, but yeah, like when you're on your period, the you're, you'll be, most people will be bloated. You'll generally have a little bit more cravings, not always, but sometimes it is yeah. normal because your hormones are changing. Right. And a lot of people don't know what hormones are. They're like, oh, I have a hormone imbalance, but like they don't know what hormones are. Just like people are like, oh, I have a gluten intolerance. You don't even know what gluten is. Like, why are you cutting out gluten if you don't even know what it is? You don't even know why. Yeah. You just heard you should. And so many people come into the program. They're like, oh, I have I have a slow metabolism. Do you know what your metabolism is? Or did you Do just you hear know? that that's a thing? Right. <laughs> did it tell you that? <laughs> yeah, so hormones yeah. are they're like messengers, essentially. Right. So they're your body's chemical messengers that send signals to your brain and your bloodstream and your tissues and like all that stuff. And when you're menstruating, like your hormones are changing. So when your progesterone goes up, aldosterone is activated. And that is what actually causes you to hold water. Um, and that's why you're generally heavier and more bloated when you're on your period. And it's unfortunately, it is what it is. And us women always seem to get really lucky with all that shit, eh? <laughs> Right? Like, why couldn't you give that to men? I know. That's so rude. Okay. Number four is poor sleep, or oh in combination with that, because they are very interrelated, an yes. increase in stress. Oh my God. I am very familiar with this one as <laughs> well. Same with the sleeping. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So I don't know. If I've talked about him on the podcast, but like Ben Pakowski is like one of my favorites in the industry. And he talks about how when he has a client join his program, the first thing he literally gets them to do, he doesn't get them to change like anything. All he says is the first month you have to get X number of hours of sleep. You have to walk mm -hmm. this amount and you have to meditate. And people go, yeah. oh my God, but like you were, you were in the Olympia and like you're this massive bodybuilder. <laughs> I want to put on muscle and I just want to build my physique. And they're he's like, 
you will not be able to do that if you have poor sleep and high stress. And this is the way to fix that. And he won't take people into his program. And he's like world fucking class if they won't do that protocol. That's crazy, eh? Yeah, because it's so important. (laughs) Sleep is so important, like for absolutely everything, but especially for fat loss and in our fitness journey. It's so crazy. And when you talk to people, I feel like a lot of people, their average, their sleep hours are like crazy, like between like four and six, (laughs) which is not fantastic. And I feel like that's mine. And I feel like you can relate in that sense as well. Everybody knows I don't sleep. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I've noticed, and I know we've talked about this before, but I've noticed um, like in my experience, especially with stress, when I'm high stress, I have a lot going on or my cortisol levels are freaking through the roof. I hold on to like, I retain, I feel like not just water, but I feel like everything. Like I just feel so bloated. And I just feel like, like the word like heavy comes to my mind. Like when I'm stressed or when I'm not sleeping. Yeah. I I feel you totally, totally feel you on that. It's yeah. That heavy feeling mm-hmm. is just correlated so much with, with poor sleep and with high stress levels. And unfortunately, like that's the world we live in where so many people are just functioning in this completely stressed out state all the time. And that affects your digestion. It affects your ability to digest and absorb nutrients. And that's also to say, like, usually when you're stressed out, usually you're not making the best food choices, right? And then that also affects your sleep, your quality of sleep, which affects your hormones, which affects your body's ability to function properly. And it's just this unfortunate cycle that most people live in. Most people. Yeah. Like I, like at least 80% of people live in, which is freaking crazy. Yeah. But when you, it's true, like when you start giving your body what it needs, which really Mm -hmm. isn't that much, it's a lot easier said than done though, is like enough sleep, like meditate a couple minutes every day, move your body. It doesn't have to be weightlifting. It can be a fucking Pilates class if that's what you like. Just move your body, eat whole foods, like cut out the processed shit. Yes. That's really as simple as it is. Like stop drinking and doing drugs and like you're set that's literally like (laughs) what you need to do to live a healthy happy life and most people can't I know honestly when I like when I find like especially later like dinner time I mean or later in the evening if you know it's a weekend and I'm having like an untracked meal and like I have something a little heavier than I, I I don't usually or anything like higher in fat or even like you said like alcohol I find that I have shit freaking sleeps Versus if I, you know, had like a well-balanced meal, no alcohol, it's a huge difference. Yeah, totally. And I think too, when you get enough sleep and you do use healthy strategies to reduce your stress, and I know everyone who's stressed out is like, oh, that's so easy. Like, I mean, oh, that's so hard to do. Sorry, I totally messed that up. (laughs) Like, you're like, oh, it must be nice to just reduce your stress levels. But like, you can do it. Like, there are ways you to do can. it. <laughs> um, we've seen it done. Our clients do it. I've done it. Like there are healthy strategies to implement. You just have to be willing to do them. You have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And unfortunately, most of our comfort zones are stress zones. That's what we're used to because yeah. we're comfortable with what we're we're used to doing. And we all oh, live yeah. in this reactive state so much. And then when someone says, oh, decrease your stress levels, you're so reactive that you don't even have time to like understand what that means because you're going, oh my God, must be nice to just decrease your stress level. Right. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to put just, our ego aside yeah. and like <laughs> decide what's actually gonna serve us. 
And when you do that, not only will the the scale number go down, but you will feel so much better about yourself. You'll have so much more space within yourself to just like exist. And you'll have so much more energy to put towards either your goals or the people you love or more time to just like be. Just life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Life in general. Again, we attach so much of our identity and like our worthiness to the scale and how much we weigh. But if you're so stuck in that cycle of doing that, you're missing out on on so many things. Yeah, no, definitely. It's so, so important. That's a really important one. Mm-hmm. All right. Number five. This one is pretty obvious, I would say, but it's <laughs> food volume in your stomach. So like when you eat food, Obviously, the weight's gonna your the weight on the scale is gonna go up because you just ate food like it's in you now. So yeah. um, sometimes the scale <laughs> will go up if you need to poop or if you just have an excess of food volume sitting in your stomach. Yeah, and some people like for me, like some people, I I don't even the best way to put this, I guess, just like like hey, like a healthy bathroom routine, I guess you can say. And some people don't like some people like go you know once or twice in like two days or even once in two days but some people like eat their food and right away they're like in the bathroom like and i'm not like that like i I don't know how people do that congratulations but my body says no and like i'm like a once every two day kind of girl and i do notice for sure because where's that food going literally nowhere it's sitting in your stomach (laughs) like it's not magically disappearing so obviously that food that you're eating is going to weigh something And then that's also going to affect how much you weigh until it disappears from your body, right? Exactly. And that is is really helpful because another thing I want to touch on is, so it it goes hand in hand with a couple of things we already talked about. And that's like when a client joins, um, this happens with our clients and happens in general a lot of the time when people start a fitness program is there's the weight on the scale will actually go up the first like mm-hmm. week because like Brittany just yeah. said, a lot of people are eating way too many calories, but not enough food, right? So they're yes. eating like two super high calorie meals that don't actually weigh that much. It's like very low volume. And then mm-hmm. when we get them eating properly and healthy, it's like, holy shit, I actually get to eat all of this food because I'm eating higher volume and I'm being super yes. full and I'm getting all these nutrients. But that food is still weighs a lot, right? So your body's going to take a couple of weeks to kind of adjust to uh, eating like that. And your digestive system is going to take a bit of time to adjust. So you'll have more food volume in your stomach. Plus, like Brittany talked about, when you train harder and or when you switch your phase of training. So whenever you kind of start like a new program or a new phase, your muscles are going to be kind of like trying a few new things, even if it's similar, because again, we don't generally change things up like completely. But with that new adjustment period to your training, again, you're going to be more inflamed. You're going to hold a little more water. So when you combine those two, that's a Mm -hmm. definite um, formula for the scale going up. (laughs) Yeah, it's just natural. It happens. It is what it is. And like, it's completely normal. And I just, especially like you said, when you start with us, it is like, it is normal. And it's something that like, unfortunately you can't avoid. So knowing that and knowing the knowledge that that's why it's happening is super, super key. So you don't get panic mode and being like, what the hell, like what is going on? Like I'm eating so well and I'm freaking killing it at the gym, but what is happening? Yeah, exactly. But I I do think it helps our clients a lot when we Mm -hmm. talk about it because a lot of people don't really know that. And they're like, oh my God, I'm doing everything right. And the scale went up and it's like, it's not your fault and it's not fat gain. It's, it's just your body adjusting. Normal. Yeah. Normal life stuff. (laughs) 
Absolutely. And then reason number six can also cause the number to go up. This one is usually in combination with a higher carb intake as well. And that mm-hmm. is if you have certain days where you're eating a lot of sodium, really foods yeah. that are really rich in sodium, especially if you're not drinking a lot of water either. High sodium can cause fluid retention, which can obviously make the scale go up. Yes. And I'm again, we're all very different, but I'm very sensitive to sodium. And I can tell when I've had a day where I've had maybe a little bit too much sodium. Or for me, for example, I know it is just given if I go out for sushi (laughs) and have freaking um, soy sauce and stuff like that. Like I normally don't have every single day, but I know if I go for sushi one night, I'm going to wake up the next morning feeling a little bloated because I'm eating way more sodium than I'm used to. Interesting. Yes. See, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sensitive to sodium hardly at all. No? God, like I can literally I eat a salt shaker. Not the really? shaker, like the salt yeah, just the a whole shaker. <laughs> just a whole cup of salt. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't I, like salt that much though. I... Yeah, I'm just super sensitive. And I, and personally for me, just because I know my body, I try and stay like far, far away from sodium, like especially later at night, because that's when I find that I tend to hold on to it more as well. Mm-hmm. But again, us saying this doesn't like sodium is not bad. Like you shouldn't no. cut out, you definitely should not cut out sodium. It can literally kill you. Like you do not want to cut out yeah. sodium. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> You just want now to eating a sure. bag of Lay's chips, though. We don't want to do that. There's different types of sodium. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, it, like again, a ballpark figure. If you're consuming, <laughs> you should be consuming about one liter of water to every 500 milligrams of sodium that you take in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. most people, again, a ballpark figure, should be drinking at least 2.5 liters of water a day, and that's like a minimum. Yes. Like. Yeah. A minimum. I drink minimum. about six liters per day. Oh, geez, Louise. I but like between- maybe that's why. Maybe you should drink oh, more water if because I am maybe like, I drink a lot of. I mean, eat a lot of sodium. Uh, maybe I and I do drink a lot of water and I drink like a lot of like tea and shit. But maybe I need to up my game. Maybe I just as we're recording this podcast, I have like a massive cup of tea, a massive cup of coffee, and two shaker cups of water. I actually have a, a coffee and a tea and a shaker <laughs> of water as well. <laughs> Maybe that's why I have to pee so bad every time we do these. <laughs> God. But no, that's interesting. Maybe I should up it, like play with it and see. Because I'm like Quiet. between probably three and four liters a day, which is still good. But maybe I need to drink more. I feel like you could drink more because like you're drink. a little bit bigger than me. Like not a ton, but like you're taller than me. And you're just as active, if not more so. So I feel like you could handle a bit more. Yeah, maybe I'll test her out. <laughs> And then I'll go for sushi and I'll eat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. Brendan just had sushi for his treat meal. It looked oh, really good. Damn. I had like one piece, but I'm being super dialed in right now. God, I love sushi. Like put a plate in front of me. I'm dummy in it. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And since we're on that topic, like a treat meal can also obviously cause the scale to go up, especially if it's something you're not used to eating, something that's off your plan. Obviously, it's going to affect your digestive system. It's going to be sitting in your stomach. It's probably going to be a little heavier in carbs. Well, for example, like I know, like I tell my clients and I know you do too, like if your check-ins are coming up, like and your weigh-ins are coming up and all that shit, like and you're going to have a treat meal the night before. Don't do that. <laughs> do your weigh in like the day, like do it early before you have your treat meal because obviously that next morning, guess what's going to happen? 
Exactly. And it's not because like treat meals are bad. It's just because mm-hmm. like from a coaching standpoint, if it's been a week or two weeks since we've seen our clients physique and then they take their picture yeah. after they had a treat meal, it completely just like skews the results. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. hard to determine what's going on. <laughs> exactly. So um, all in all, I mean, the scale is literally just a tool. And I know for so many of us, we attach our worth to it and it can completely wreck our mood. So if you are someone who feels like you really get impacted by that number, my advice would be to kind of step away from the scale for a while and use alternative Mm -hmm. methods to measure your progress. If you're someone who gets annoyed by the scale, but like really doesn't find that it like completely fucks them up. I would say maybe try weighing yourself more frequently. Okay. Again, Mm -hmm. that's not going to work for everyone, but it's it for me, it helps to desensitize me to the fact that the scale goes up and down. And I just understand like that's part of it. But if I only weigh myself once a week or once every two weeks, I just find that that gets in my head because I'm like, is this my lightest day? Is this my heaviest day? (laughs) Is this in the middle? Is this accurate? You know what I'm saying? (sighs) I feel like it's like good to do that too. Like, again, it depends on how you are with the scale, like mentally and with your progress, but doing it like how you do it too, is like almost taking like, a, you know, an average from the week or the month. Like if you weigh yourself like that. Exactly. Like, like I just feel like that is, is the most useful. We don't get our clients, most of our clients anyways, to do that just because it can be brutal on your mind. Especially if you're just starting to, right? Exactly. But I do find that that also can be actually a very effective way to do it. And it does give us from a coaching standpoint, like a very clear look at what's actually occurring in your physique. If we only get your weight like once every two weeks, again, it's just kind of like a shot in the dark. But Mm -hmm. as coaches, obviously the number on the scale is a very small part of what we're looking at when it comes to your progress. Like, I don't know about you, Brittany, but like I look a lot more at the photos and oh, so do I. yeah, at the check-in form, like how they're actually feeling and feeling mentally and all that stuff. No progress photos, even for myself. Like I honestly can't, like I'll weigh myself like, you know, like a handful of times of the month, but I base my progress off of photos. And then I do that with my clients too. Like that's the first thing I look at with clients is our, is the photos. And that's why good progress photos are really, really important. Cause if you're taking yes. them at different angles and different clothing and different lighting, like it's, it's challenging to to see the changes properly. Because um, I've had like myself, like for example, and I, we've had clients too, and a bunch of clients that actually weigh more than what they actually started in the program, but their progress photos show completely different and that they've completely leaned out, right? Like that's just like Ashley. Scale is, yes, Ashley, crazy. Like I think she weighs a few more pounds than when she first started, but she looks completely different. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And okay, random question for you though, when it comes to the scale, uh-huh. so you you obviously know like when you're doing your best and when you're not doing your best. Let's be honest, we both know that. Yeah. How do you how is your relationship with the scale when you're doing your best versus when you're not doing your best? Do you find there's a difference? Honestly, no for myself now, no. Just because I I know what's happening and I know my body pretty well. Like I said, I don't weigh myself much, but if I do and when I do and if I am doing good, doing bad, which I can also decipher. It's not a huge deal for me anymore. Now, flash forward, like, I don't know, five years ago, definitely would get in my head big time. And like, especially if I knew I was doing shit, I would purposely like, 
I would weigh myself, even though I knew I was doing shit and it would like get in my head and I would feel like crap. And then like I would under eat and, you know, completely just go ape shit on the, you know, cardio and go crazy. But then like, that's not going to help my progress either. And like, that's a huge, huge cycle. But now that I kind of know the knowledge around it and I do know my body where it's, it's easier for me to, you know, even weigh myself on my bad days. Cause I, I know what's going on and I know what the issues are. Interesting. I feel like a lot of people are like that. I think I'm the opposite though. Like when I'm doing really good, like when I feel in momentum, I'm mm-hmm. way more okay with the scale going up and down. And when right. I'm not doing my best, it it gets in my head a lot. Yeah. And like it used to for me for sure. But I think now I just like if I know like I'm not doing good, like what do I like what's what do I expect's gonna happen? Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, okay, Brittany, like get your freaking shit together. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it just is kind of like an ass kick to myself to be like, okay, like this is what's happening. Like obviously the scale is all over the freaking place because you're all over the place. Exactly. It's true. Anyways, I think that about wraps up today's episode. Any final thoughts? No, I think that was good. I think this is a good one. I think it's very useful because a lot of people, you know, they put all their progress on that stupid scale. Yeah. And this, the scale does not determine your success. It does not determine your worth. It's literally just a number. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really hope this one was of value to you guys. And if you enjoyed it, if you did get value, make sure you take a screenshot, share it your Instagram story. Give us a tag at Ifina at Burgess, And we'll see you guys later. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.